Good morning, y'all, and thank you so much for tuning in for this week's episode here at Trans in Color. Uh, the majority of the topics that I have discussed and the topics I plan on discussing in the future have to do with my personal life experience. So just know that the topics and the issues that I you know, discuss every week, they don't affect all trans men, not at all. But just remember to keep in mind that everyone's story is different. But if you do happen, you know, to be in the same boat as me or you've ever experienced what I've had to experience, hopefully this podcast and this episode will be able to help you. So the topic for this week is toxicity. When I think of the word toxic, I immediately think stay away. You know, in my mind, I see like a big red or a yellow sign that just says keep out. Or it says danger. You know, let's just be real. No one wants something toxic near them. Let's just say, for example, you're near a swimming pool, right? And when you get to that swimming pool, there's a sign that says hazardous, toxic. Would you personally go running towards that swimming pool to jump in? Regardless of how it looked on the outside. And hopefully your answer to that question is no. (laughs) Um, We wouldn't go diving face first into that pool because we know it's harmful to us. There's a big sign that says harmful. So, no, it might not be like the movies where, you know, someone gets exposed to radioactive material and their skin just starts to melt off immediately. But we do know that a toxic environment can have lasting effects. So whether those negative changes happen immediately or over time the effects of that toxic environment will eventually eat away at, a, away at us and prove to be very dangerous. So that's why <laughs> toxic, you know, stay away. Um, so real quick, I don't know if you all have realized it yet, but I like giving the full definition of a word before I expand on the topic. So the official definition of toxicity given by Merriam-Webster Dictionary is the quality, state, or relative degree of being poisonous, an extremely harsh, malicious, or harmful quality. So the reason I'm giving you the definition is to really show how we should avoid toxicity at all costs. And I feel like part of the problem with toxicity is that We've become so conditioned to live in a world with it and around it. And we're just so immersed in toxicity that we don't even realize it anymore. I didn't realize, you know, personally that I was subjecting myself to toxic behavior because it had just become an every part of my everyday life. However, you know, I took some time to sit back and think about it and I did realize that there were toxic areas of my life that not only I needed to recover from, but that I needed to remove myself from. And after reflecting on my emotions and the situations that I was dealing with on a daily basis, um, I came to realize that toxicity can present itself in the way of, in the form of friends and even family, as much as that hurts, you know, family too. And I know it's easier to think about toxicity when we talk about, you know, maybe people in the workplace environment or even our everyday interactions with people. 
you know, people who are ignorant to our situation. But how many times do we actually sit back and think about family or friends that are being family or friends that are detrimental to us? So, again, let me say that I know all of us do not struggle in this area at all. You know, there are those of you that have family and friends that are nothing but accepting and welcoming and open. And, of course, this does not go out to you. But I did want to touch on this topic because I do know so many people that have been in the same situation that I'm in. So, of course, this is for you. So, when... When we're being raised, right, I know that we're often taught family comes first. Family over everything. And when you think about your family members, they're most likely some of your first friends that you had. So we're taught that no matter what, you don't throw your family away. You deal with them no matter what. Because why? Because that's your family. And when you've been raised this way and you've had those ideals, those ideals engraved into your brain, what are you supposed to do if you have toxic family members? Um, You know, family is actually a topic that I've struggled with for years. And I had to sit down and think long and hard about it. Like, when it comes to my family, I've been an outcast. And I've always tried, I've always been told hurtful things by my family members. Even... And even when they would say hurtful things to me, I would normally just shrug it off eventually because at the end of the day, you know, that was my family, right? That was I told. But what I was really saying by doing this, since they were my family, is that they had the right to say those things to me without any repercussions. And the more I thought about it, I realized that it was along those same lines of the toxic toxic excuse that was given, you know, of boys will be boys. It's the same type of thing. And I would always say to myself, well, Danny, you know how this family member is. You know, you know they don't agree with you and they're going to say hurtful things to you. But just do your best to smile and move on. Um, let it roll off you because that's your family. And that's just how family members are. And for the longest time, even though my feelings might be hurt or I would feel disrespected, I would deal with it because at the end of the day, that was still my family, right? It was my family. (sighs) Um, I know that I wouldn't get an overwhelming welcome from my family when I expressed my transition. I already knew that from Jump Street, but I guess I at least expected them to... I expected them to respect it, at least. And unfortunately, that was not the case. I was still continuously and intentionally misgendered. And even though I was hurt and I felt demeaned and disrespected, I would forgive them. And I just kept moving on because it was in my brain that you deal with family no matter what. That's family. You just deal with them. And I honestly, I don't remember what my breaking point was, but at a certain point, I had to just sit back one day and ask myself why I continue to put myself in this situation. Why did I allow myself to be belittled and alienated and hurt just because they were my family? 
It's like, would I really allow anyone else in the world to treat me this way? And why was I giving them special treatment just because we happen to have the same blood running through our veins? You know, did that same blood entitle them to disrespect me? And after thinking long and hard, the conclusion I came to was no, 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 it's not okay. I'm a human being with feelings, and I deserve to respect it in the same way that I respect them, despite their personal opinions regarding how I choose to live my life. So, okay, real quick, before I get deeper into my personal history, let me just say that this podcast is not meant to badmouth anyone at all. It's simply me telling my story in in order to help others. Um, that's the only reason that I am doing this. Again, it's not to out anyone or hurt anyone. Um, so while I've had other issues with family members, the person that I have the most trouble with is my father. Um, when I was 17 years old and I originally came out to him as a lesbian, he was completely unaccepting. He never tried to understand how I felt Um, He never tried to be accepting of how I felt. I was just immediately told that that was not allowed in his home. And basically, if that's what I was going to do, then I wasn't going to be welcome there in his home. Um, He he, he even went as far as sending me to uh, Chicago to be with my godparents. And every day I would get up, I'd have Bible study, you know, the regular stuff that you do to get the gay out of someone, (laughs) you know, so... The day that I was supposed to leave and come back home to California from Chicago, um, I was told that I was going to go to a summer camp instead. And it was at that camp that I would have daily counseling sessions with the Bible. Um, The counselor that I saw was doing her best to convert me into being a straight woman. She was trying to, quote, unquote, fix me, as they said. Um, if you couldn't tell, the counseling didn't take. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just wanted to give you a little background history um, because from day one, my father has never supported or accepted me. Um, I've actually struggled a lot since leaving home. Uh, I've been homeless twice um, where I was just sleeping in my car. I'd be going days without eating. Um, honestly, some of the worst days that I've ever spent were in Alabama in the summer, living in my car. You know how hot that is? <laughs> you know, all of my earthly possessions were in the back seat, And I just can't tell you how miserable that I used to be. I, I was absolutely miserable. Um, not only was I experiencing all of that without anywhere to turn for help, My father thought it was a good time to tell me that if I was straight and dressed more feminine, that he would help me out in any way that I needed. Y'all, when I tell you, (laughs) that hurt me to my core. It hurt me to my core. I've always said that I couldn't help how I identify or help who I'm attracted to any more than he could control the color of his skin. But, you know, my father has never accepted me. But from for some reason, that still never stopped me from trying to fight for his love and for his acceptance. 
you know, just moving on. In the past 17 years, I've seen my father three times. Um, and this is since I left home back in like 2002. Um, that first time was in 2009. I was actually in California for the weekend because my little sister was graduating from high school. So I was there for the weekend. I spent those couple days there. We'll be right back after a brief message from our sponsors. Um, at my home, I saw him again in, I believe, 2014. And that was because my aunt passed away and my father was there for the funeral. So that was two days. Um, of course, I didn't spend the whole time with him, but I did see him two separate times. So, you know, two days there. Um, the last time I saw my dad was for about an hour, maybe an hour and a half. And it just really hurts to know that we don't see each other simply because he doesn't agree with who I am as a person. Especially when I look just like him. But anyway, um, my dad, the last time I saw my dad, um, all he could do when he saw me was shake his head. And that hurt. You know, he didn't hug me. He didn't tell me that he missed me. He didn't say that he loved me. All he did was put his head down and he just started shaking his head. And he looked at me with so much disappointment in his eyes. And he really asked me why I went and messed up my body like this. At this time, I, I had a beard. Not a full-grown beard, but, you know, I had a beard. And he he just looked at it and was like, why would you do this? He told me that I... I used to be such a pretty girl when I was younger, and he doesn't understand why I would ruin myself like this. Now, keep in mind, I came out to my father when I was 17, and during that visit with him, I was 33 years old. Um, during this visit while he was here, he told me that he was starting to accept me being a gay woman. Um, that he was starting to come around and he was accepting me, but there was no way that he could accept this. Now, mind you, when he said this, he was pointing at me with his hand up and down like this. And he actually said that he truly believed that I was wired wrong. But even though I was wired wrong, he still couldn't accept this. And that he was embarrassed of me. He was embarrassed that people knew I was his child. So basically, he was just making me feel bad all over again. He's making me feel guilty for just trying to live my life and for trying to be happy. And I realized at that moment that my father never accepted me. He'd never accepted me. And regardless of anything, he was never going to accept me. And all I could do was laugh because I realized that I would never be the child that he wanted. I realized that I'd never measure up to my sisters in his eyes, and no matter what I did, I wouldn't be enough for him. And once I realized that he was never, ever going to accept me, I began to realize all of the toxic behavior. I realized that I, if I didn't fit into that mold that he had for me, he was never going to be satisfied or happy with me, no matter what I did. Nothing that I did would ever warrant praise from him. Even graduating from college didn't matter. He didn't even remember it when I brought it back up. Graduating from college, nothing. And 
You know, although it was one of the hardest decisions that I've had to make in my entire life, I made the conscious decision to cut my father off. And yes, I love him. Yes, he will always be my family. However, I do not have to allow him to make me feel less than. And I don't have to allow him to make me feel as though I'm not deserving of love. And I don't have to feel like I'm vying for his attention. I don't have to do it. Nothing will change my father, but I am in control of being around or interacting with him. I'm in control of protecting my own heart and my sanity. So cutting off my father was hard. I even cried. I won't sit up here and lie to you and say that it was an easy process. I did cry and my feelings were hurt. But once I followed through with it, I felt so much lighter. I realized that he wasn't building me up and helping me grow. And I was already dealing with enough emotionally with my transition. And honestly, I couldn't handle dealing with his negativity and hurtful actions as well. It was just too much. Um, please do not think that I'm telling you to just cut off your family members just because you have a disagreement with them or because they don't share the same point of view as you. That is not what I'm saying at all. <clears throat> I believe that people can have a difference in opinion and still have a positive and productive relationship. But what I am saying is that if you have voice to someone that they are treating you, that the way that they're treating you and that their actions hurt the way they treat you hurt and they don't make any effort to change those actions, then you don't need to be around them. You don't have to subject yourself to that. And that honestly goes for any relationship that you have with anyone. Now, I do believe that family is important. And I just want to say that again. Family is important. However, if those family members are continuously doing things to disrespect you or to hurt you, you do not have to subject yourself to it out of sheer Loyalty, loyalty or guilt, either one, you don't have to do it. Um, I was raised in a strict Christian household, household, and as a result of that, I ended up going to an Adventist college. And while I was there, I met quite a few people that I considered to be my friends at the time. Um, once some of these people found out that I was gay, and especially when I decided to start my transition, they were unable to comprehend it and accept it. You know, I've had those quote unquote friends and family members who would volunteer to tell me that they didn't accept my lifestyle. I've heard the comments that no matter what you do, you'll never be a man. You know, side note, why do people do that? Why do people go out of their way to tell you that they don't like what you're doing with your life. It's not like I interrupt them to be like, I don't approve of your outfit or your hairstyle. I don't do that to them. So I don't understand why people butt into your life. Anyway, I, I digress. Um, I had to realize that people like that were not really my friends because my real friends stood behind me. And they supported me. And whether they accepted and understood how I lived my life or not, they were still there with encouraging words. Uh, when I expressed how the words that they used and affected me, if they didn't feel like they needed to change, their behavior told me everything that I needed to know. 
Because if you can't be a positive influence in my life, you honestly don't need to be there at all. And whether you're transgender or not, I feel as though life throws so many challenges your way and that it's just important to stay healthy mentally. And when you have toxic people in your life, it's pretty much impossible to be positive. It's almost impossible. Um, I believe that the key to any situation is communication. And I hope that you feel the same way. So if you find yourself in this situation, I really feel like it's best to express how you're feeling to that person. Tell them your true feelings. Um, if you take the time to calmly... Let me say that again. Calmly express yourself. If that person cares about you, they really should make the effort to change. I'm not saying that they might not slip up or anything like that, but they should make the effort to change. Now, if that person is just simply unwilling or incapable of changing their behavior, then I think it's okay to remove yourself from that toxic situation. And I feel like it's okay for you to do so without feeling guilty. Again, without feeling guilty. Um, eliminating toxic toxicity excuse me, has to do with your mental health and clarity. And I cannot stress enough how important mental health is. So on top of eliminating that toxicity there, you know, there are other things that you can do to help with your mental health. I just want to mention those as well. Um, besides just eliminating, you can meditate. Um, you can repeat positive affirmations. I personally enjoy listening to music because it uplifts me. I love music and I will listen to it all day. It puts me in a better place. But basically, you just need to do whatever is good for you to put yourself in a positive mental state. As long as it's something positive, you can go ahead and do that so that you can feel better mentally. So that's my take on the topic of toxicity. Uh, as always, I am open to your feedback. Um, if you feel like you've been in this situation and that you have something to contribute, please feel free to reach out. Also, if you need any type of advice or you have questions that I was not able to cover today, please feel free to reach out. Um, just keep in mind, if you all download the app Anchor, um, you can just go to the app store and download Anchor. It's a completely free app. But if you download it, you can actually leave a live message on the podcast that would be featured next week. So I don't know if you all have listened to the previous podcast, but you know how you hear people talking and then I respond to their messages. You can do that as well. So like I said, go to Anchor and download the app. Um, yeah, download the app. All right, y'all. Once again, it's time to wrap things up. Um, I thank all of you so much for tuning in. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, it means so much that so many of you have turned in and tuned in and provided feedback and, you know, expressed how this is helping you. And that's the entire purpose of this podcast. So once again, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, remember that you can follow us on Instagram. That's trans underscore in underscore color. And now you can also follow us on Facebook at Trans in Color. Um, so just remember to please join us and you can join our Facebook group. Um, again, I'm going to include the link to the Facebook group in the About This episode section. 
Um, if you want to have your question or comment featured, or if you have a business and you want it advertised on our next episode, simply send us a DM or an email. Um, you can also visit us at www.transandcolor.com. Um, for those of you that don't have the email address, it's mail at transandcolor.com. That's mail, M-A-I-L, at transandcolor.com. Don't forget to subscribe and remember that we are also available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and here on Anchor. So thank you so much for tuning in, you all, and remember to catch us next week.